we're looking at tonight in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. We're continuing our study on Sunday evenings on that. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Again, as we come to uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we've been kind of going through section by section, uh, verse by verse through, through this proverb. And uh, the book of Proverbs is, again, just a rich book. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't planning to necessarily go as slow. Maybe that's the best way to say it, through Proverbs 3. But uh, it's one of those things, once you kind of dig into it, it's like, wow, there's just a lot there to absorb, a lot there to, to learn from. And uh, kind of the, the theme that we're going to look at tonight is wisdom in God's creation. Wisdom in God's creation. So we're going to primarily look at two verses tonight. And, uh, and you'll see what I mean in just a second. But I think these, these verses definitely uh, deserve our attention. Of course, it's the scriptures, the word of God. So therefore, just by that itself, it, uh, it's important. But Lord, as it fits into the, the, uh, the backdrop of, of wisdom, lady wisdom, and what she has to say, this is something for us to pay attention to as well as we desire and as we d- should walk wisely uh, according to the ways of the Lord, according to his word. So look with me in book of Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 19 and 20. Proverbs 3, verses 19 and 20. The scriptures say, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. All right, two verses here, and as you look at that, you can easily see what this is, the connection is with, with creation. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that, and, but have you ever thought of the way that God has made this world, including us, even as human beings, with just um, amazing wisdom when you think about that? Uh, and and we're, we'll talk a little bit about the ins and outs of that tonight, but have you ever just stopped and contemplated how wise our Creator God really is and how everything is designed precisely? Remember when He made everything at the very end, every day He said it was good, and, that, and when He was all done, He looked back and said, this is very good. God always does that which is good. Even Jesus, when He was here on earth, book of Acts, uh, says that Jesus went about doing good. Jesus never went about doing evil. God doesn't do evil either, okay? So they're one and the same, all right? So that's important to see that. But as we look at this, let's talk about this, these verses here, verses 19 and 20. And we're going to kind of break it down uh, through this and I kind of get some concepts that are, are here. First of all, we see that the wisdom of God in creation, as we see, see these verses here, it really springboards from the mention of the tree of life. Remember last week we talked about um, how, uh, verse, going back to verse 13 to verse 18, that was what we looked at last week. And we talked about happy or blessed is the man that findeth wisdom. That's verse 13, the man that getteth understanding. And we talked about wisdom as being a, like a gold mine. Uh, in just amazing truths and nuggets that we gain for that, for our understanding. In other words, wisdom is valuable. In fact, its price is far above rubies. Okay, that was, that's the idea that we have here. Nothing can be desired to it. Uh, to nothing can be compared to it. And then in verse 18, this is kind of the, the bookend of that little passage. It talks about wisdom is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. And so talking about wisdom, this is, again, uh, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, is alluding back to that tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. We mentioned that in the Old Testament that there are two books that mention the tree of life. First is Genesis, of course, 
And the second is the book of Proverbs. In fact, uh, there's a few places actually in about three or four places in Proverbs where it mentions about the tree of life or the fountain of life in that regard. And so, uh, so kind of bouncing from that idea, that should cue your mind up for what's about to be written now. And that's the verses 19 and 20. So thinking about the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, go back in your mind to Genesis, okay? And then here we are in verse 19. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, and by understanding hath he established the heavens. All of a sudden, you're, you're still going back to Genesis. So it's a unique tie-in that should not be overlooked. And when we think of Genesis, usually we think, you know, day one, God creates the light. The day two, he creates the firmament. Day three, he creates the land. And, and you go through the whole list. But how did God make the world? Okay, we could say the nuts and bolts of it. He spoke, ex nihilo, he spoke and it came to be. Okay, out of nothing. That's where our world came from. But how did God make the world? That is by wisdom. And so we can see it. By wisdom, God has made and founded the world. So again, the idea of wisdom and creation springs boards from the mention of the tree of life in verse 18. And so as we think about this, remember at the very beginning of, of Proverbs 3, remember it has the, the idea of a son that is sitting and listening to the advice of his father, or maybe even a grandfather for that matter. Uh, think of like as Solomon is telling his, his children, if you do this, if you listen to what I have to say, listen to my advice, good things will happen to you. If you don't listen to my advice, how many, you're probably thinking of what you told your kids, right? If you listen to me, you're going to be okay. If you don't listen to me, you're going to be a heap of trouble. You understand that? Been there, done that, got a t-shirt, took a picture, right? You know, we've, we've all experienced that thing with our children or even grandchildren or even great-grandchildren, right? So, but nonetheless, those are those admonitions, especially verses uh, 1 through 12, more or less, uh, that really kind of gives these, that, that parallel. If you do this, this is the result of that. And so keep that in mind. The admonitions of the Father to the Son remind us overall that life and goodness are gifts from the Lord. Life and goodness that we receive are gifts from the Lord, and we should treat it as such, okay? Even so, I believe this, that we should, as verse 18 says, we should do all we can to lay hold, or find and lay hold on to wisdom. And what is the result? If we lay hold on that tree of life, or we seek and find wisdom, this is verses 13 to 18, what is the result? You're going to be blessed, okay? What, what do I mean by that? This is just a very quick review from last week. Verse 13 and verse 18, they are bookended by one word, and that is word happy, or you could say osher is the Hebrew word, or blessed is the idea, okay? And so a person who does these things, who seeks for it, lays holds upon it, that's their life's focus, guess what? They are going to be blessed. And by the way, we found out that the essence of wisdom, who is the essence of wisdom? It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, and so that's very important as we understand that. Okay, so here's, as we go into verses 19 and 20 now, here's something I believe that we should look at. That Lady Wisdom is not only valuable just to man. Wisdom is valuable to, to mankind, okay? If you abide by God's word and what he says, as a father teaches a son and, and responds accordingly, as valuable as wisdom is to man, even so, and we sometimes kind of overlook this, but Lady Wisdom is actually valuable to the Lord himself. 
Wisdom is valuable to the Lord himself. Why? Because God uses it because he sees the value in it. That's found through the person of Jesus Christ, okay? I like what one commentator says about this section. This section shows that wisdom that directs life is the same wisdom that created the universe. To surrender to God's wisdom is to put oneself in harmony with creation and the world around you. Okay? So this is important. In other words, the same wisdom that is given to instruct you how to live your life in a proper way, an honoring way, it's the same wisdom that God used to create the world. In other words, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it actually happens before even creation. Pretty amazing as you think about that. So what does this look like? Okay, I believe we see two great things about wisdom. And number one, we see that God is the wise creator. The second thing we see in verse 20 is that God is the wise sustainer. Okay, those are the, that's a quick outline. He is the wise creator, verse 19. And then verse 20, he's the wise sustainer. In verse 19, again, we read, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, and understanding hath established the heavens. What does this sound like? It really mirrors the creation account. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, as it says here, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. He established the heavens, heaven and earth. Okay, it's that parallel that, again, you have the tree of life. Now you're going back even further to the very moment of creation itself. Okay, and so this, this is very important. So the wisdom of God in creation mirrors the creation account, as we see here. Okay, I like what uh, the Geneva Bible says about this. This is a kind of a, a footnote on it. He says, by this, he uh, shows that wisdom of which he speaks is everlasting, because it was before all creatures, and that all things, even the whole world, were made by it. Okay? So that's, that's very important as we see that everything that God made, it was done by, with wisdom. Pretty amazing when you think about that. Can we comprehend that? Not really. <laughs> we can't really comprehend the wisdom of God in that regard, but we believe it because it's clearly stated. And how wise a God we do have. It says here that, the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth and then established, by understanding, hath established the heavens. I like what uh, Matthew Poole, the commentator, wrote upon about this, about establish the heavens. The idea of establishing the heavens means he fitted or ordered them. He put it, in other words, he framed them, the heavens, in, uh, he framed them in that an exquisite order which they now have. Think about this, and I was asking my kids on the way here, what comes to your mind, and I'm going to ask you this question now, what comes to your mind when you think of God, the wise creator? What things or what, what do you see as a, as a part of that? We even sang some songs in regards to that. So again, going back to what, uh, what Matthew Poole says here, that, uh, this is a fitted or ordered uh, way that he made the world, framed in the exquisite order which they now have. So, yes, exactly. So we see that God is definitely the wise creator. I think go back to what Psalm 8 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiworks. You just take a moment, and you look out, especially on a cloudless night, you know, you can see the stars and all that. And I mean, you could go on and on just to see. But I think we should often in our lives stop, take a time out, and observe God's creation. I think this is so important that we should do this, and it's a good habit to do. Okay, so very good. But we see not only is God the wise creator, we also see he's the wise sustainer. Look with me in verse 20. 
It says here, by his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down, or and the clouds drop down the dew, okay? And this isn't Mountain Dew either, okay? So, <laughs> but anyways, it's, as we see this, by his knowledge, by his wisdom and everything that works with it, we can see how God sustains this world. It's interesting, at the beginning of creation, we, we get a, 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 an idea that God, really, this earth was more or less kind of like a greenhouse, if you will. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis 2, verse 6, that God watered with the earth with a mist, if you will. So this was a, a perfect environment uh, in, in which God created, but he sustained everything on earth with a mist. I think because of the, the flood, ultimately that, that's where a lot of things changed and kind of the weather patterns we have now anyway. But we see this, that God's wisdom in creation really reveals his knowledge of judgment and providence okay what do i mean by that if you look at this how god it says here in verse 20 again look at this this verse here by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down with dew so we see two things we see judgment and and we also see providence what do i mean by that judgment in the flood according to genesis 7 that the uh the water basically kind of burst through the earth it, it broke up the depths if you will broke up and of course that was part of the flood that, that affected us, and that was part of God's judgment that happened on this earth. But we also see how God, in a sense, gave, as it says here, he drops down the dew. He gives that, that mist, going back to creation, but in other ways as well. We see how God provided water out of the rock for the children of Israel uh, near, near Mount, Mount Sinai. We also see, here's kind of a funny one, uh, if you think of it, Judges chapter 15, we read the story of Samson after he uh, defeated the Philistines with that jawbone of a donkey. What does he do? He gets thirsty, and guess what? God supplies water from the jawbone of the donkey. Pretty amazing when you think about that. That's his providence. God is just, he gives judgment, and then he also gives his providence or his care. In that, we see that God is the wise sustainer. Okay, we also see here that God's wisdom and creation also reveals blessings and curses. Okay, what do you mean by that? Look with me, hold your place in Proverbs 3, go back to Deuteronomy 28. This is uh, Moses uh, speaking to the children of Israel here, and he is uh, basically relating uh, the blessings of obedience, and then there's also curses in that. And so, we're going to see how God's wisdom and creation also reveals his blessings and cursings, all right? So look with me in Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12 says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto the, thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Okay? So we see here that God has, in a sense, a warehouse in heaven to give rain to bless Bless the work of the hands, to bless the earth, if you will. And to his folks, or to his people that follow him, that obey his command, God will bless the earth, okay? We see that. But we also see that there's a, a curse. If you don't obey the Lord, what's going to happen? Look with me in verse 23. Verse 23 says, In thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. Okay? Kind of an interesting... Uh, wording there but what this simply means that it's the earth is not going to receive or give water supply because of that this is a part of the earth it's going to be 
as, as iron and brass, as metals, would stop the flow of water, even so God will withhold his blessings to his people because of their disobedience. Okay? And in, in, in that, that is a curse. Okay? So as we think about this is this is very important. You see, this is what kind of comes down to. God here in this verse, is going back to uh, Proverbs 3, these two verses here, God is really giving us a lesson on his wisdom in creation. And there's a couple lessons. First of all, we see uh, from this lesson that wisdom in creation, it's amazing that God gives just enough water to thrive. Now, here in the Midwest especially, uh, we, you know, it, it can rain, snow, it can do whatever it wants. right? We have, we've had days where it does everything. Okay? But the idea of receiving water, more or less, we, we can expect it throughout the year, generally. Whether it be in whatever form it is, but we can expect water, we can expect moisture, okay? Uh, but in the, in the context of Israel, in the Middle East, in the climate there, this is, means something actually more valuable than we kind of take for granted because of the climate. But in Israel's climate, you have two main uh, meteorological seasons. You have a dry season and a rainy season. What this means is that right now in Israel, this is getting towards the end of the rainy season, okay? So from about November to March, maybe April, is the time of the year when it rains. Uh, it doesn't mean that it rains every day. This isn't like Seattle or Bergen, Norway, for example, okay? This is, basically, this is the time of year when it rains, okay? But from, let's say, May till October, it's the dry season, which means it won't rain a single drop, if it does, that is a huge, unexpected, uh, but appreciated blessing, okay? And so when rain comes, that is a symbol of God's grace and God's favor, okay? Maybe in the Bible you've heard of the former and the latter rains, and that has to do with the meteorological season that I just told you about. The former rains are those rains that come a little bit before November. Maybe if it rains in October, that is referred to the former rains. And that's a great blessing. That's extra God's favor. The latter rains is when it rains after kind of the end, after April, for example. Any rains that come, let's say May or even in June, it's very rare. But if it happens, that's the latter rains. And that's a sign of God's great blessing. And so the thing is this, that wisdom in God's creation gives just enough water for his people to thrive. God in his wisdom gives you just enough. And he doesn't do you string you out like, you know, I'm going to see how miserable I can make these people and see how long they're going to wait. It's not like that. But God gives you just enough for the season that you're in. Isn't that amazing when you think about that? So with this in mind, we understand that the provision even of water comes to us from God's hand, not ours. Is there a way you can make rain? People have tried. There's kind of ways to seed the clouds, if you will. But generally speaking, you and I can't produce water, can't produce rain in, in that regards, okay? So in other words, ultimately, this provision comes from God's hand, not ours. We see this, that there's, the lesson goes on further. The lesson to the wise, those that follow the Father's advice, or those that listen to Lady Wisdom, this is a means of blessing and not punishment. This is a means of blessing and not punishment. Whereas to the wicked, this is of judgment and not instruction. In other words, when God breaks up, as it says here, the depths, this is a sign of judgment. But to the wise, these are the clouds that drop down the dew. What do I mean by that? Look with me over in chapter 3, verse 25. 
Verse 25 says, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. In other words, God, they are under the judgment of God. It'll come in his proper timing, obviously. But this is something very important. So the lesson to the wise is a means of blessing and not punishment. Whereas to the wicked, it's of judgment, but not instruction to them. Okay, They won't learn their lesson. What is it good to, to share with them truth when they're not going to observe it? So in other words, their judgment is coming. Okay, So let's kind of wrap this up with the last few moments we have here. And let's talk about the identity. Who exactly is this wise creator? Okay, First of all, uh, we, we understand this, that the creator is God himself, obviously. We know that. But let's dig a little deeper into that. We see, first of all, an identity of the creator is that the creator is eternal. The creator is eternal. Over in Proverbs chapter 8, just go over there quickly. Proverbs chapter 8. And uh, what this really does is this, the passage that we just read in Proverbs 3, verses 19 and 20, really sets the stage for Proverbs chapter 8. And the, here it is, it's talking about Lady Wisdom crying in the streets, okay, she cries to the simple. But getting to verse 22, starting in verse 22 to verse 31, this section here really uh, goes more in depth. In fact, it's, um, throughout church history, this has kind of been a controversial passage going back and forth exactly what this means but i'm going to kind of tell you i think what it, it naturally flows to as we compare scripture with scripture nonetheless look with me in starting in verse 22 it says here the lord possessed me possessed wisdom in the beginning of this way before his works of old i was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was when there were no depths, I was brought forth, and when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea his decree, and the waters that should not pass his commandment. When he had appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable parts of his earth, and my delights were the sons of men. We're with the sons of men. So this is again talking about wisdom. So where was, what is an identity of wisdom? Wisdom is eternal, okay? In other words, this happened. wisdom was there before the creation of the world. So it's more than just a thing or an idea, it's a person, okay? So in this, I think this, uh, comparing Scripture to Scripture, we are really kind of given an insight to who exactly was there before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ. Exactly. And he is, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 24, Jesus is personified as the wisdom and glorification of God. Okay? So very important as we see that. Here's the, here's the thing that we should take notice of. I like what Henry Morris says about this. Since Christ was the one by whom God founded the earth, uh, John chapter 1, verse 3, uh, the world made by him, okay? Uh, Colossians 1, 16 mentions that. He is the firstborn of all creation. Anyways, this verse makes it clear that in Proverbs, wisdom is actually personified and identified with Jesus Christ. According to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it mentions that Christ is the creator. He, he's the one who made all things. So this is very important as we see here. In other words, 
coming from uh, comparing Proverbs 3 with Proverbs 8, these passages that we see, we see here two great things about wisdom. Number one, wisdom existed before creation. And we also see that wisdom is separate from creation. In other words, God didn't create wisdom. Wisdom has been there. Here's the thing. And there's only one person we can point to and identify who that was. Not what that was, who that was. And that's none other than Jesus. Praise God for that. So let's kind of wrap this up, get ready to land the plane, okay? Here's a closing thought. Wisdom, as we see here, I like what Charles Ryrie said about this. Wisdom played a dynamic part in the creation of the universe. By wisdom, God changed chaos into order. So also, wisdom can have a dynamic effect on human life. Uh, going on to Moody Bible Commentary says this, If the Lord can accomplish the wonders of his creation and providence with wisdom, think of what he can do also with wisdom in people's lives. So here's the thing. If God could create the world, in fact, it's kind of interesting. It talks in, in Proverbs 3 about having wisdom and doing all you can to lay hold on it, to retain it, to seek for it, to find it like hid treasure. If you hold on to it, guess what? Here's the thing. As good as that is, guess what? God made the world and everything that there is perfectly in an order. From chaos, he makes order. Guess what? He can give you wisdom to help you in your daily life. In other words, this wisdom that God offers to us is eternal and is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So often we try to live our lives and try to figure out life on our own or people try to help us or self-help books, whatever you want to do. There might be a little bit of value to it, but ultimately the only wisdom that's going to last is the wisdom that's eternal, and that's found in Jesus Christ. This is the blessing that we have in doing that. So from two verses in Proverbs chapter 3, we see here that there is wisdom in God's creation. By understanding that we have great value, that God has created the world with wisdom, he has wisdom that can help us in our daily life. And that's something we can live by.